2: All right, guys, we're live. Everybody ready?
3: Yeah, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got a I got a DM just a second ago. A guy was asking me, a pretty prominent high school football player in the area, was asking me, "Can he make his college announcement on Talking Preps?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." And then well, I, I started don't... thinking about it. I say, like, if I was a high school kid, I want my college announcement on Charlotte Observer, News Observer, and all their social media spots as well. Alex, why are you shaking your head? No.
4: Absolutely not.
2: <laughs> why not? <laughs>
4: absolutely not this is not the form to do that and this would create a situation unless we dedicate a show to that at an appropriately timed point after signing day by which we can make it a area kind of thing then absolutely not
2: alex is my show and i say yes (laughs) (laughs) if you want to commit if you want to commit on talking past charlotte come on on commit Alex is my guy. Now, y'all don't know me and Alex go back in yeah, yeah. if you guys want to commit on talking press, please call me up, we'll get you on, let you let you have your moment. All right, we're gonna change the show around a little bit today because of all the news that came out of Olympic, and we're gonna, instead of have a rundown, we're gonna go right into the great debate. Here we go. Okay, so we were talking about this before we came on the air, and, and Dale, I know this is really close to you because you're a former Olympic parent, uh, Booster Club member. You're very involved with the school and have been for years and years. Uh, as you, as everybody knows, Olympic uh, had a player play with an ankle bracelet on who's under current and criminal investigation. Um, he was allowed to play. There's no state rule blocking that right now. CMS is talking about creating a rule to prevent that. But then in recent days, there, there have been protests at Olympic and several uh olympic high school athletes have been suspended and i I talked to a parent today dale that was very upset who didn't understand why the school would allow a player who's criminally charged to play but then suspend the people who protest that player playing so i'm going to let you get uh, give your thoughts on this
3: okay i'm gonna try not to get too long Uh, i'll start out by saying that uh, yes the state should address this type situation they need to review um how they handle this I, I just don't i personally don't believe a player under investigation should be uh playing uh it is near and dear to me uh, four kids 10 years at olympic uh rebuilt the booster club from a negative nobody would sell to us in the city five of us including the athletic director a um, lot of sweat, a lot of blood uh, into that school back in those times. And to hear about this situation, and, and while I be- I don't believe that a, a child that has, I, I believe in innocent until proven guilty, but that's going to jail and death sentences and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about athletics. Uh, uh, and we'll separate uh, the part away from education-based athletics. I don't think any, um, any person in such a situation should be playing. Uh, what really bothered me even more was that young ladies protesting the situation were suspended. So we had a kid wearing an ankle bracelet playing football on a Friday night, and we had kids, girls, I guess tonight that did not get to uh, play because they protested this situation that they uh, they had every right to protest, and uh, that has got to not be a uh, a safe feeling situation for any young lady uh, in a high school to have that kind of thing happen where you have uh, a suspected rape, and then the rapist is allowed, or the suspected rapist, I don't want to accuse, is allowed to not only roam the halls, but to play and participate in an athletic event.
2: Yeah. Chelsea, you're a a female high school student. You go to school in Wake County. Um, You heard about this today. I'm just curious from a student's perspective, a female student's perspective, how does this make you feel?
5: Um, I think starting from the female, you know, high school student perspective. um, I think if a case like that were to ever happen, you know, nearby me, I stand with the right to protest. And I think, you know, with that freedom to protest, and I don't know if they looked peacefully or not, but nonetheless, they were a protest. I think there should be no punishment for that. And I think it's really degrading that, you know, these young women who went out there and protested for what they believe in. You know and then you have an athlete out there with a sexual assault accusation you know being able to play on the field while these women can't and i also think um like dale said nonetheless i do not think he should be playing um you know he has criminal allegations and i think that that law should be reviewed you know while their kids you know who formerly maybe could not have been playing games because of their grades or you know whatnot in the classroom but Again, there's a kid with a criminal accusation who can play. So I think, you know, whatever that law is, it should be reviewed. And I think that it was really unfair to those women to be blocked from their freedom to protest.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Alex Bass.
4: Very, very tough situation all the way around. I'll begin by saying that as a school and athletics administrator, do I believe that a student athlete with a pending felony charge should be competing in education-based athletics? Absolutely not. That being said, I will also acknowledge what everyone has acknowledged so far. We've got several layers here. Number one, there is not a state education-based athletics governing policy precluding a student who has been charged with a felony from playing. Once again, that has nothing to do with the fact that I don't think a student in the circumstance should be playing, but there is no policy precluding that. Number two, it is within the jurisdiction of each local education agency or LEA to to craft and uh, implement a more stringent policy in such situations. Charlotte Mecklenburg schools at this point in time has not done that. Cumberland County schools had a similar situation a number of years ago. I mean, within the last five, six years of a student athlete who was, who had a pending felony charge and uh, played, and that was against school system policy. So differences right there. Once again, has nothing to do with how I feel personally, but the fact that one LEA had a policy on the books and Charlotte Mecklenburg schools in this case right now does not. The next layer has to do with the fact that the alleged assault happened off campus. Again, doesn't mitigate the severity of it, doesn't make it right. But that mitigates the school and school systems ability to suspend as a precursor to further disciplinary action. So you got several layers going here in terms of how the situation is handled in an increasingly litigious society. Right or wrong aside, personal feelings aside, that would be a formidable challenge for Olympic High School and Charlotte Mecklenburg schools to manage in litigation at this point, given what's on CMS policy right now, and very quickly, the situation with the uh, volleyball players and protesting. I would not be inclined as an administrator in this situation to impose a penalty for freedom of uh, fr- free, freedom of assembly. I would not be inclined to do that. I would like to know though, what discussions were had behind the scenes if these students approached school administrators before this protest. And once again, that doesn't mitigate the severity of it. I would like to know the extent to which they pursued that avenue of open communication directly with administrators before these protests. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting.
5: Go to your happy
4: place for a happy price. Go to your happy
6: price, price line.
4: That's just something I'd like to know. But once again, I would not be inclined to impose a punishment for assembling under these circumstances. All right, Gary, your thoughts.
7: Um, like Alex says, there's several layers to this. And uh, I've been witnessed to school protests before as a teacher in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools once at independence when we had a walkout um, over students protesting, a student being disqualified uh, in a student council election from because he talked about Jesus and the students walked out of class because he got disqualified. Um, The entire school, and this is when Independence had about 2,800 students. Um, No one was suspended. Um, Students stayed out of class for probably about 45 minutes. The principal threatened to suspend students who didn't return to class. Uh, Eventually, they all did. Um, And then a few years later, when I was at Providence, we had another walkout that took place across the high schools uh, over the loss of spring break, because I think that was the year that Hugo hit. And we missed so many weeks of school before power was restored that they had to use spring break to make up um, those missed days. And many of the students had already made plans for spring break, especially seniors, and they walked out. Uh, I don't know of anybody getting suspended. Um, the problem is is we don't know what the administration told the kids once they started their protest.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
7: there's no principle with any kind of common sense that's going to suspend four or five hundred students. You just can't do it. Uh, you just let the students blow it off. Uh, they eventually get tired. And then once you get it down to a reasonable number, 10, 15 kids, then you can use punishment uh, to those who continue to uh, disrupt the school day. That's the key issue is where do your First Amendment rights end? Uh, The Supreme Court says they don't end at the school door. You know, you still have freedom of speech when you walk in a schoolhouse. You still have freedom of assembly freedom to protest. The catch is, does it disrupt the school day and does it prevent other kids from learning? If the answer to those questions is yes, then you no longer have that right. And so it's it's layers to that as far as the kid playing um, with charges on him. Where do you draw the line? Is it felonies? Is it misdemeanors? Is it is it events that take place only on campus or is it off campus as well? Um, that's, it's kind of hard to do when you're teaching kids, you're innocent until proven guilty, but the punishment is you lose all your, your rights of participation until you're proven you're innocent. That's a reversal of what we teach in America. that you gotta prove that you're innocent Or else we're gonna assume you're guilty and it's supposed to be the other way around so this is difficult on all layers uh or all levels um i would hate to have to be the principal I, i think that the the punishment for the volleyball players may have been a little bit too severe but we don't know if they were told to go back to class and they refused um to cooperate once they were told to do so, because then that becomes insubordination, which becomes uh, something that you can be punished for. Sure, sure.
2: Well, this is definitely going to be something that uh, we'll follow in the coming weeks. Um, Let me ask
3: one question, nice. Yes. What would happen if this was a teacher in CMS? Would the teacher be allowed to teach? They would not
2: be, that teacher wouldn't be on campus.
3: Exactly. Why is this any different?
2: So whatever
3: rules apply to a teacher legally should apply to students as well. The teacher probably yeah. would be suspended with pay. Yes, yeah,
2: right. depending the investigation, yes. So I mean, we, we, we've seen CMS do do similar things like in the past. Yes, right. have. um well, so we could talk about this all night. We're gonna play and <laughs> move on. Uh, we got a big show tonight. Uh, Monday Night Football Preference. <laughs> Gary, do you like the regular announcers or do you like the Manning brothers? Man, I watched
7: the Manning brothers for 2 weeks, that is so funny. Um, and I like it because I guess because it's the football coaching me, I understand what they're talking about. Um, they're talking it to, to the serious football fanatic. They're talking the way guys talk probably without the the profanity, but and It's hilarious, I don't wanna watch the regular version of Monday Night Football if the Mannings are doing it. They are absolutely terrific at Monday Night Football.
2: Well, I, I would agree with you. I, I like the Mannings, and Peyton is just so – I mean, he can, like, barely talk to everybody because he's, like, so glued to the game. And the uh, jokes about his head, about yeah. how his head is,
3: <laughs> they are <laughs> hilarious.
2: You know, it's, it's funny. Dale, your thoughts here. Uh,
3: I have to agree. If I can't have my Monday Night Football from the, uh, you know, the 70s and 80s, uh, this is just as funny as uh, Dandy Don. Uh, and more more entertaining from a – Uh, a football intellect uh, view as well, because I think we get uh, better insight.
2: Look at here. (laughs) Gary, he he didn't want you to do the game show, Gary. He just had to show up.
8: I show, you know he I, come. We want to show them guns. off. He
2: got the little guns now too. We want to show, show them guns him. off.
8: I was worried about my streak if Gary was going on and So all
2: the ink and all the guns and everything showing. All right, Chelsea, I, I'm losing my place. Chelsea, does the does the eastern part of the state have an advantage? Yeah, Alex is laughing. Oh, when they get to the state championships, and oh, all the championship games in Raleigh and Chapel Hill.
5: Um. I don't know. I think, gosh, I think maybe a team should, I think if you're good, you can play in any arena, any location, but state title. How? how it. You know, sleep in your school own school.
2: bed hard 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 hard. To drive three hours up to, to play the game. Oh, also, mates. the press conference is in Chapel Hill, so the head coach of the Western team has to go to the press conference, or Riley has to go to the press conference, come back, maybe miss practice on the day of the state championship games. And then you um, have nine-to-one fan advantage for the Eastern team. Just curious, you're, you're a student up there.
5: You know, I think that there would be an advantage, but I don't think it's an advantage that should be, you know, overly looked at in the state of changing the location or anything. I think the triangle is a great place. I'm in the triangle, um, and I love watching the games here. Okay. But I think while there is an advantage, it's nothing that is extreme. All right, Alex, here we go.
4: I'm gonna go ahead and help out the cause here. Everybody, let's just all acknowledge what wonderful facilities there are in Charlotte. We could have a tremendous Western regional basketball tournament at the mine shaft at UNC Charlotte, at Davidson, at Queens, I mean, we could really have a great Western Regional. So let's everyone give Charlotte an opportunity <laughs> to host a great. I am,
2: I am so event. shocked by your answer right now.
4: Be, be, I, know. I mean, I am so this, this whole question, and, and Chelsea, you answered the question beautifully. I mean, just let's no, just. No, hold on. Was,
2: hold on was, Sam is a football coach. Sam, how. What advantages would it be for you if you could be in Raleigh and play a game in NC State versus being in Charlotte and have to go to Raleigh to play that game?
8: It's huge. It's the same advantage a home team has, <laughs> to be honest with you. It's a it's a big advantage. And then the day before, or I think it's on a Wednesday, I had to go do that press conference thing where you're you're out there all day, you're driving, it takes two, two and a half hours roughly to get there, two and a half hours to get back, trying to get practice done. That's why I rocked the white suit the last time I was there, just to make a statement. <laughs> but uh, it's um it's a brutal brutal thing, you know. It really is. I know that all the colleges are right there around the Raleigh area, but it, it's we we should definitely do other things. We should be able to bounce around. Like we can go to the East Side, we can go to the Raleigh Side, we can come to Charlotte. You know, like Alex is saying there we have capabilities at UNCC. We have. You know, the great Carolina Panthers are helping us out with Memorial Stadium now and stuff. So that's the best state championship game there is at that area.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Sam, it's time since since you showed up and and let Gary off the hook. Mm -hmm. I want you to get nervous. I got my man Michael Stanley here.
8: That was my strategy because I knew that those questions would be easier for Gary. I came in and like that was smart on my part, I thought.
2: Oh, that's what that's what it was. Well, Michael, man, welcome to the show. Um, you guys had a tough loss two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then you come back last week and have the biggest win in several years. How did you guys not kind of have a huff hangover and take away, take out Mallet Creek? Well, so it was just, it was a whole process after, you know, the result two weeks ago after that heavy loss, we took it into account that we can't lose anymore because we've got to get to that third season. got to get to the playoffs.
7: He was like, "We can't stay in this hangover." Can't kneel down at Mallet Creek. You're on the list. It just had to. We had to do what it Needed to get done.
2: Is West what
8: Charlotte? Is what Charlotte on the list?
1: Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, if you want to be on the list, you can be. Just
1: I'm. At, I'm asking you, there, so, Well,
8: come <laughs> on now. You gonna going step up to the plate? We on the list or not?
2: This is good TV, right here. <laughs> I mean, mm, yeah, you're sure. on the list. You can be on the okay, game. that's fine.
8: All right, just wanted to know. Wanted to
2: when know. Is that, when is that game, Sam? When is the
8: last game of the season?
2: Senior night. Okay, last game of the season. Michael, my dad, you come back on and take Sam one again. Last game of the season. <laughs> all right, yeah. so, so Michael, I, I hope you know how this goes. We, we're going to put some questions up on the screen. You got to go first and answer the first question, and your only job is to beat Sam. Because <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be on tonight, and for some reason, he popped up on the screen all of a sudden. So when we get okay. back. You're going to take him out. Here we go.
8: Brother, I'm not MJ. Just Coach Griner. But I'm the GOAT of the game show.
2: And you know what To be really cool? Really? You like that, Mikey. I see you like that. You got the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, If if Look, he's got the guns out. So if you take him out tonight, I'm going mean, to be extra, be extra if happy. This,
8: if this is intimidating, I will put him away.
2: Okay. (laughs) No, not 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 very.
8: My mother list. Hey, I'm yeah. So if me and you went on a board drill, you like your chances?
2: Oh, I
7: love my chances.
8: Oh my gosh.
3: What's your size?
2: All right, Dale, here we
3: go. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Sorry. When was uh, the last time the Charlotte Hornets won a playoff series? A 2010,
2: B 2016, C 2002, D 1998. All right, Michael, you're first. I'm gonna
3: guess A 2010.
8: 2010,
2: Samuel. Yeah, I'm gonna say D 1998. D 1998. The answer is
8: 2002. They beat the Orlando Magic in the first. I was race. gonna go two, I was going to C
2: or D. Shoot, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'll I expect you to pick A because you always think I make all the answers in a
8: long run. No, I knew, I knew we had not won a playoff series in a long time. My it's, dad been a long, a it's, been, it's been a long time. It's been, mm-hmm. been a long time. All right, Chelsea, let
2: me get this one on the screen.
8: This and is the pop culture question that I have no clue about. What,
2: what,
5: what I say? What? <laughs> Here we go, Chelsea. It sounds which, first. Which artist sings with Lil Nas X on the chart-topping hit Industry Baby? A, Lil Wayne. B, Lil Baby. C, Jack Harlow. Or D, a Billy Ray Cyrus.
2: Samuel. Wow. I'm glad to bring Chris with that Jeopardy music.
8: I know, I know, I know. Let me think. Let me think. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go D, Billy Ray Cyrus. D,
2: Billy Ray Cyrus. What you got, uh, Michael? I got C Jack Harlow. You got C Jack Harlow. I think that's right. Ooh. That was a good that was a good guess though, Sam, because Billy Ray Cyrus did sing a version of old town road with
8: uh little nice. X. But mm-hmm. you I know Little Baby Wayne. Say again. I knew I have chose the wrong one. I can narrow it down to the final two, but I've messed up both times now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You are there. now you are now in the hole and struggling. It's
3: and, okay. It's okay. Well,
2: Michael, you're first in this question. Yeah. There's on the read. Here
3: we go. Oh boy. This bothered a lot of people, didn't
2: it? Yes, it did. Uh,
3: Monday, Facebook, WhatsApp, and uh, Instagram went down. How many people use Facebook? A, 3 billion. B, 5 billion. C, 1 billion. D, 900 million.
2: Michael, I'm against B, 5 billion. B, 5 billion. Samuel,
8: I'm going to go A, 3 billion.
2: Oh, Michael, it's tied now is this uh, it's three billion to use facebook <clears throat> i think i, I think if i if i didn't know As that have i
8: would see, i would old school question if you would have went my space <laughs> we would have got that one right too because <laughs> my space back remember
1: my space coach i do remember
2: my space
3: sam probably has a my space he
1: probably there, you go. there, go. there you go Gail.
3: still probably active right now
5: chelsea <laughs> All right, which Mecklen County football team has never won an NCHS A State Championship? A, Garinger, B, Myers Park, C, East Mecklenburg, or D, South Mecklenburg?
2: Samuel.
8: I'm going to go B, Myers Park.
2: B, Myers Park. What you got, Michael? I'm going to guess A, Garinger. Garinger won, Myers Park did not. So Samuel is up two to one. 1959. Well, then, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I have 1959. Seen. Before
8: I'm I mean, this, that's disrespect to Garringer. Man, we had Steve Shaughnessy, Barry Shuford, Coach Garinger. Those boys were like legendary back. I was then.
7: 19. I was born in 2004. He
2: said, <laughs> 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 I love it. Man. The disrespect. I love it. Nelson, okay, all right, down two you so you can tie sam and not let him not let him steal the win yeah.
3: Why, sam, don't try me like that me. here we go okay i'm i'm a wwf old time so anyway which wwe wrestler stars in the latest dc movie the suicide squad a the rock b dave baltista i don't know how to pronounce his name batista 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 yeah okay and d cm punk
2: michael what you got i got c john cena it's
8: c he's correct it's c john cena
2: oh sam gets the w somehow Mm i i'm 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 upset but he, he got I, me. He got, he got I was me. gonna go
8: see if he didn't or not. He got he got was,
2: me with the, the, Whenever Sam gets in front, you have no chance. Mm-hmm.
8: Have but I know but, how to play
3: defense. As
8: look. Alex says, you got to know how to play defense. I know how to play some dag on
3: defense. Michael, He'll give a wrong answer just to. Michael, keep keep not, Sam
2: on the list. And we're gonna answer. check back in with you later on in the year, right?
3: Remember, we're on the. I'm on the list. Yes. I'm on
8: the list.
2: Yeah, okay. you're on the list. You're on the list. Well, Michael, man, thanks for coming place. on, man. Best of luck to you guys. All right. Uh thank you. All right. Congrats on
3: that big win Friday night.
2: Yes, that was a, that was a huge was a big
3: win. win for the school. Now,
2: you guys might notice that we're missing one of our uh, compatriots today. Um Mr. Chris Hughes is not in the building. Uh, there's Grace and, and there's there's Gary and there's Alex. So you, we're we're missing Mr. Chris Hughes, but through the magic of TV, here's Chris.
0: everybody. Chris Hughes, the guru of high school football here. Guru's game ball. 60 seconds of Chris. We're going to give away a few game balls from some incredible uh, performers. Uh, some players, a few coaches uh, from the efforts here in North Carolina last week. Who can believe that week sevens in the books? Looking forward to week eight this week, man. Where has this season gone? Uh, but anyway, guys, we're going to give away a few gurus game balls, so let's go ahead and hit it. Three, two, one, boom. Let's go. Uh, Deshaun McCullough, the quarterback at Smithfield Selma. Uh, Selma got themselves back up to 500. Had a few close losses earlier in the year. Uh, Smithfield has done a great job, though. Uh, Coach Daron Donald coming up from East. Um, quarterback, Deshaun McCullough, though, had a very high percentage game, uh, was very efficient in leading that offense to a 42-14 victory. I don't want to necessarily call it an upset, but it is what it is. It was kind of an upset victory over Wilson fight. Uh Backup quarterback, why don't we talk about backups, but backup quarterback Michael Irons led a game-winning drive in a huge Epic battle in Western North Carolina uh, leading Pisgah to come back to beat Franklin 20 to 16. Wow. Backup quarterback. Good job, Michael. Um, Crest running back Mari Adams and South point running back Tyson Riley. Uh, These guys were just throwing haymakers in their game Friday night. Obviously Crest came back in the waning minutes to win 27, 26. Uh, And also going to give a game ball to the coach and staff at Crest. Um, Kane put just put forth a masterful effort, set up some plays. They did a great job in trying to put forth this uh, game-winning drive. I thought that Coach Nick Eddins and his staff, the entire staff, you're all getting the ball, uh, did a great job in in helping South Point to win that game. Um, and then finally, Elijah Bonner, uh, receiver and defensive back at North Pitt High School, uh, caught a 50-yard bomb on the second play of the game for a touchdown, came back later and had a crucial pick six or no, he, he took it down to the goal line, not quite in the end zone uh, for that. And and for that, Elijah Bonner, you're going to get a game ball. North Pitt, 5-1. Coach, Goop. Oh, there's the bell. Coach Greg, Greg Watford, uh, the Panthers, 5-1. and one. Anyway, that's going to do it for Guru's Game Balls, man. We'll catch you all next week.
1: One of the fastest segments we have here on Talking Preps. Uh, it's good to have Chris out here. All right, so now it is time for Chelsea's World. Chelsea, this is always one of my favorite segments. Get to see uh, another great segment from you. Who are you talking to today?
5: So this past week, I interviewed senior defensive back from Gibbons High School, Will Mason. Um, it was his brother, Trey Mason, who I believe play, he plays at Butler. So he sent me all his information. And being in the Cap-7, Cap-6 conference now, I guess, You know, I've been able to watch Givens dominate for a while against our teams. So, you know, with this being Will's senior year, I thought it'd be really interesting to talk to him about things like the state championship, some of his senior perspectives, and just their goals this season.
1: Oh, I agree. And I mean, that's exciting. And now, you know, how appropriate, of course, with their game uh, coming up here at Cleveland's Road. But I'm excited to get into it, Dale. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get to it. So, yes,
3: sir.
5: This week, I'm interviewing senior defensive back Will Mason from Cardinal Gibbons High School. So, Will, I want to start off by discussing last Friday's game where you guys blew out in low high school at 37-0. Kind of discuss what went what went well in that game and y'all's mindset during it.
6: Yeah, we, um, we wanted to get out to a hot start, and I think that's what we did. Offense really um, set up the tempo with the, with the score on the first drive, and defense got multiple three-and-outs. I think they had, like, nine yards of total offense in the first half. So I think that's um, setting a goal of knowing what we wanted to accomplish, obviously, to just um to set the tone early and then carry things going on late is especially what uh, helped us uh, play well in that game. And also just knowing that we really wanted to get everybody out on the field that day. Um, came into the, to the game with like we wanted with knowing that we wanted to just get all the teammates on the field and just um, knowing that it'd be a fun time watching our brothers go out there and just have fun.
5: For sure and next week you guys have a conference game against Leesville Road High School. Um, what do you look forward to that game and how will you guys attack it?
6: Um, well first things first I mean that Leesville has always been our rival I mean they've been our rival um, since we've gotten the Caps I guess the cap 6 now and it's just it's just Looking forward to the uh, the atmosphere of that game. You know, it's going to be, be a wide out. Game's going to be, stands are going to be filled. Everyone's going to be there. It's going to be a massive, massive game. It's homecoming family football. And it's just one of those games We you think about high school football, you know, it really embodies what it means to just um to, to fulfill the high school football experience. And I think that um from, from a defensive perspective, at least we need to come out and making sure that we stop their run. We know that the run game is a big thing for them. So we want to make sure that we're doing our best to be proactive and um, just, Uh, stopping whatever they have throwing at us and also just making sure that we're limiting the big plays in the offensive perspective from making sure that they're not, you know, throwing the ball deep downfield, you know, any holes in our coverages, just playing sound, good football.
5: For sure. I look forward to seeing the result of that game. And I know early in the, early in the season, Gibbons had a really strong out of conference, you know, schedule playing teams like JC Chambers and Myers Park. Kind of discuss the benefits of playing those teams that really suppose a challenge.
6: Yeah, well, you know, when we we've over the past couple of years, obviously, have really solidified ourselves as a playoff team. And that's really what we've kind of learned that the regular season, when you're when you're looking to be a powerhouse playoff team, um, you have to prepare yourself for the playoffs. And that's what we really looked at. From a conference, from an out-of-conference schedule perspective, making sure that we play these um, great teams, these playoff-level teams in our out-of-conference schedules, so that when we get to the playoffs, we have all the experience. And you know, when you get in a tight game, there's no panic, no worry. We just, you know, get you get go out there, comfortable in our situation. We just play football like we usually do. Uh, I think that having an out-of-conference schedule like the one that we played is just going to be so beneficial for us down the road because they're we're going to get in these situations and we're going to, I think we can be able to dominate in these, um, in these tougher situations rather than, you know, worry about um, freezing up or uh, being, being scared.
5: I like that. And Will, I want to go into your recruiting a bit. um, Just kind of talk about your recruiting process. I know you recently got an offer from Butler um, and for sure in a school, you know, what's something you look forward in?
6: Yeah. Um, the recruiting process has been, it's been a long one. It's been a tough one, especially because of COVID, but, I just think when I look for a, a school, I think that's look for one that's competitive, um, especially at the division one level. and I also look for something that's gonna you know give me a chance to just um, learn and grow not just as, a, as an athlete but as a person, um, especially a, a school that has high academic rigor and just um, a university where I can look back and say, in the next forty years, this is really gonna benefit me something you know, a t- type of university where I say, hey, I got my degree from this place. People but like, okay, yeah, I know that place. That's, that's a great college, a great place to be. And um, I just can just be proud of uh, what my alma mater will be in 20 years from now.
5: All right, thanks. And again, this being your senior year, what are some of your goals individually or as a team that you want to close out?
6: Well, I think first thing first is definitely state championship, um, going there two times, it has to be, you know, the 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 goal you want to cap it off. You want to leave leave the game on your own terms from the high school level, no, no other level like the high school level. And also, I just I really hope to make sure that I'm fully um, taking advantage of the time I get with my teammates on the um, on the field. That's I think that's got to be the biggest goal to just look back and create memories that I, I'm really fond of, really proud of because you know. Cap seven awards, you know, all state, those things are great. But you know, but that that's not what you're gonna carry with you when you when you leave the game. What you're gonna carry with you is just those memories, those fun times that you make with your teammates, um, the the different moments when your coach is happy, when you've had a great practice, when you play a great game, those those are the times that you're really gonna remember. And that's what I just look for. That's that's really my biggest goal is just to create making sure to build on and creating positive good memories.
5: I like that. And also, going deeper into the state championship, you guys have reached that opportunity for the past two years. And I know it's, you know, like you mentioned, still a goal. How will you guys strive for that?
6: Well, I think the first thing's first is um, just take things one step at a time. Obviously, this week we have Leesville, and, you know, the biggest key for us in, you know, setting up a good opportunity for us to win a state championship is securing a Cap cap 6 conference championship. So that's that'll be the first thing. Then the next thing is when we get that playoff schedule, making sure that we're taking uh, each game seriously. Obviously, um, at this point with conference play, each game has playoff implications. And when you get into the playoffs, it's all about just like like I said earlier, you know, taking that out of conference tough schedule experience and applying it to every game that we play because we know. Every, every game is going to have seniors on the field that don't want to make it their last and they're, everyone's going to play and ball out their best. We just have to be the best version of ourselves every single time we walk out on that football field.
5: I like that. And Will, finally to close out, to those who don't know you as an athlete or even as a person, how would you describe yourself?
6: Um, that's a good question. I'd probably say someone who just um, applies themselves to to doing what they love to do, you know, whenever, whether it's football field or in the classroom or just getting to know people and uh, uh, setting a, a good environment up or for around where I am. And also just someone who gives effort. I'd say, you know, just, you know, I just, when you do something, you got to give full effort. And I think that's what I am. I have a person who's effortful and intentful with my actions.
5: That's great. Well, thank you so much for hopping on. I look forward to seeing how that game against Leesville plays out and best of luck this season. Thank you. Thank you. See ya.
1: Wow, that was a great in-depth interview, Dale. What are your thoughts there? That seemed to be pretty good.
3: Unfortunately, I could not hear it. Uh, It wasn't just the sound, it just kept freezing. So I'm going to look forward to seeing that tomorrow when you release yeah. it. Oh, you
2: definitely
1: have to check it out. Chelsea, I mean, I think that was one, you know, sometimes I feel like you have to kind of really pull these athletes out and kind of show okay. themselves and who they are. This one, it didn't seem to be the case. Could you talk about just how you felt during the interview and maybe some of the things that we didn't see as viewers?
5: No, um, kind of for the interviews, you know, oh, yeah. I reinsure that these interviews are really about the athletes. So, you know, take that opportunity to really go into depth. And he took that really well, you know. Absolutely. He just went into depth about his goals, his senior year, you know, things about the state championship. And I think he was really, really well spoken and presented himself well.
1: Definitely. I mean, I thought you asked some very great questions that allowed him to continue to kind of talk about who he is and really made for an impressive interview. I mean, Chelsea, you continue to raise the bar again every week with yeah. these interviews, and I think we're just blessed to have you on here. So, you know, if any other athletes want such a great interview as that, can you please you know, let everyone know how to reach you and potentially get on like Wilded?
5: Of course. My Twitter is at Chelsea Sipple. My DMs are open to anyone. Um, if any coach, athlete, you know, parent or family or administration has somebody – that they want to recommend or want to be featured on themselves, you know, please send over their name or yourself. You know, I'd love to schedule a zoom and get you featured.
1: Definitely. 100%. Chelsea, thank you so much again for another great segment. We look forward again to, to this segment next week.
5: I'll catch y'all next week.
1: All right. So next uh, let's move forward. I think it's time for Mr. Football. All right, i have to do my best uh guru impression here but uh let's go through the mr football watch list uh pretty much unchanged we had a, n- a number of bye weeks um experienced by some of our, our top athletes here we're still at the top with the marion hampton of course a running back out of cleveland county the north carolina commit uh, number two is still the uh reigning mr football dalen smothers out of chambers high school here in charlotte um jalen walker of course the linebacker georgia commit uh, from salisbury There, still at three uh, Tad Hudson again at, at four there. Uh, Aaron Henry Herring, excuse me from New Bern. I think our big movers here, uh, was Christian Hamilton has moved up into the top eight um, after a big performance this past week against South Iredale. He's cracked that top uh, there. Lucas Lenhoff was a, a, a guy that moved down, you know I think primarily you know faced some stiff competition uh, in, against Cardinal Gibbons as I think they narrowly pulled that victory out. Um, I think he's suffered a number of injuries uh, to his receiving core and maybe supporting cast there. That may be a reason for, for uh, some of the, the the bumps down. Byron Brown's another one. Again, a, a guy that was a finalist last year. He's starting to kind of get into his rhythm uh, this past week. Had over 350 yards of total offense, and I think it was three or four touchdowns. So a big performance by him, and a, as we always talk about, as we get into conference, you know, we're starting to see some of these guys really showing the cream, really rise to the crop. But those are the highlights. Of course, Marquise McCombs, the guy that burst on the scene a few weeks ago, uh, concludes our top 16. Uh, Alex, could you talk about some of the guys here that, that kind of catch your eye?
4: Absolutely. Uh, I had the privilege of watching Mason Fortune last week. I was at the Milbrook Heritage game. Great game. Uh, Millbrook led by two points going into the fourth quarter. Heritage took over the game in the quarter. A lot of people didn't realize Mason Fortune threw his first or It wasn't his fault. Our defense made a great play. His first interception of the year last week. Uh, He has 19 touchdowns to one interception, and the interception was a great play. That's a great ratio any way you look at it. 19 19 to 1? My my goodness. And uh, Wesley Grimes, that wide receiver at Millbrook, uh, who's a Wake Forest commit, just showed absolute grit last week. Battling through a calf injury, but willing himself even in the second half to do uh, to do his uh, special team holder duties. Uh, so uh, just to aside there, unfortunate right there. But in terms of the rest of the list right here, you know it, we're settling into a groove now. In terms of Amari and Hampton is is being Amari Hampton every week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dalen Smothers is being Dalen Smothers. Uh, I think we're getting to a point now where those top, I mean, I think we're going to see this level off now because all these guys, particularly in those top five, six, are, they're doing what we expect them to do. And and that's not a commentary on anyone else further down the list. It's a testament to how exceptional Hampton, Smothers, Walker, Hudson, who took himself to another level with the win over Chambers, how exceptional they have been. So I like this list. I like where it stands now. We're settling into a groove. And I I, I think that we're looking at a situation where nobody is going to lose Mr. Football. Somebody is going to win it.
3: No doubt. Yeah, I think – Oh, the, way the, the way the list has been rounded out, especially those top two, for people to move up, you're really going to have to ball out. Um, um, yeah. those, those top guys are, are really playing well. So to, to be able to pass, especially number one and number two, you're going to have to ask. And this is the time of year, isn't it, that your tougher games are coming up and when you really should. if you're gonna, If you're a ball player, you should be balling right now. So you're
8: telling me, Alex, that Wesley Grimes he got he got like an ankle injury or something like that in the game, wide receiver, and he still went out there for his holding duties.
4: Yes, it it was a calf. It, it looked like a calf injury. I was down on the sideline. Okay, uh, look, looked like a calf injury. He was going through a pretty extensive stretching regimen at halftime. Like he he wasn't out with the guys uh, in the in the final three minutes before the second half resumed. He was leaning up against the goalposts doing some of his own stretching. I mean, that's, that's how tight it was. Um, okay. he, he was a great possession receiver in the first half, but really was limited in that second half. And you saw him pacing up and down the sideline, trying to get in some kind of a rhythm, but just just <clears> couldn't <throat> get to the point where he could run routes effectively. But no, he still willed himself to come out and do his special team holder duties. It was very, very impressive and inspiring.
8: Oh, that's big time because I met his family at the Wake Forest game Saturday and they they were giving me crap about, <laughs> we don't love the East uh, enough. And I was, like, well, I was like, let me see this kid's badge. I said, is he even yeah. anybody this way? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know your name. All right. <laughs> so, um, you're talking about a stand-up family raised right. It, it was a pleasure meeting them Saturday and – It's cool to see that other people watch the show from all over the place. They're like, hey, aren't you on the talking preps thing? So, it's kind of good that they're watching it. We're trying to highlight kids from all over. And, uh, you know, if you ball, you get the call from Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, I thought Bryce told you no. Yeah, I know. We don't listen to him. We don't. <laughs>
1: no, but of course. Like I said, I, I think you know Grimes has been a, a contender on and off this list uh, the entire year. Someone that we, you know, we've looked at. So glad to hear that he's, you know, hopefully will recover soon from that injury, and he's continuing to do great things. But again, that list will be trimmed soon. And you know, just as a reminder, we will have the fi- three finalists on a talking prep show in the future. I think maybe sometime in the playoffs. Um, and where we will announce the Mr. Football 2021 Mr. Football uh, winner live on on air on talking prep. So be ready for that. The chop is coming soon. So, you know, you've been you know, biding your time for a great performance. Now's the time to put in that work. But uh, now we'll actually go and introduce some new guys who may be on some Mr. Football watch list in the future. Let's go to Fresh Faces.
0: All right, man, you know what that music means. Uh, great intro into another crop of fresh faces, Grice. How are we going today?
1: Oh, man, doing great. I'm always excited to see the next group of kids that are up next and are doing things right now in the state. And again, we, you know, we cover them from Dare to Cherokee. So wherever you are in this state, if you're doing great things out there, we're going to find you and highlight you on the segments. I hear it.
0: Uh, hey, we we might have some guys that jump from list to list, like we have already. A couple of these guys, I've already scouted on the film. They look really good. Uh, we're going to start with Xavier Coulter up in Newton Conover High School. Uh, this young man, linebacker, had 13 tackles, a pick six. Uh, he took it to the house against East Burke on Saturday. Uh, what do you see out of this guy?
1: I mean, he's one of those traditional physicals you see right there in the box backers. I mean, again, you know, you're going to send your running back on a swing pass, or your quarterback trying to scramble. He's a guy that's going to find you and it's going to make you pay. I mean, we see that right there, just a kid that's all over. Um, he's actually been on the scene for a while and actually been doing great, uh, playing great at that linebacker position. But we know he's a guy with that Newton Conover defense that they trust. And a guy, if you're scheming against them on Friday night, you have to highlight, star, and circle this kid on every single play.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hey, don't adjust your sets, guys. That's the North Carolina logo in NC State Red, uh, but that is a staple of newton Connor over the Red Devils up there. Hey, this next guy is going up to the far northeastern corner of North Carolina. Uh, This might be the most talented team in North Carolina that nobody talks about Northeastern High School. In Elizabeth City, uh, KB on Freshwater uh, leads the state in sacks. Uh, Last week, he had a 71-yard fumble. Uh, recovery. Uh, you can just see this guy here. He's all over the field. What do you, what's your take on him, Bryce?
1: I mean, a freak of nature. I mean, Guru. That's one of the things I'm blessed about with our relationship. You've had me highlighted. You know, looking at this guy for a while now. I'm glad we get to highlight him here, as we've highlighted him off and on with our Mr. Football list. But just an athletic guy. And I mean, you know, when you like you look at teams from that side of the that part of the state. They can play on both sides of the ball. You see that athleticism. Heck, he almost beat the running back to the fumble right there. Um, But a kid like this, again, we talk about, you know, guys playing at both sides, guys really having a great get off on the snap of the ball. He is that and a guy that I'm sure that uh, the coach over there at Northeastern is really happy to have.
0: Yeah, I think we may have to get Coach Antonio Moore on the show soon because he's got about four, what I think, to be bona fide d one guys, uh, not just Freshwater. Uh, that might be a team we need to really showcase here in the future. Uh, but let's move on our list. We're going now from the far northeast corner to the far southwest corner to Transylvania County to Brevard, uh, the Blue Devils, uh, Gannon Hempfield. Uh, he's an H-back, an outside linebacker. He is in the top 20 in North Carolina in tackles. Uh, you need guys like that. Tell me about him, Grace. Oh, you need it perfectly. And he talk about Transylvania County. He's getting pretty spooky uh,
1: as we get into the month of October here. As a guy getting 17 tackles a game, I mean – you know, one thing I, yeah we, we like highlighting these defensive guys that are just really active, really athletic and getting there um, and they're making plays. You know, and that 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 is the perfect fit, that H-back, linebacker size, you know, that type kid. I mean, you have a lot of those out there, but, you know, you see he's transcending a lot of these guys with his tackle numbers. I mean, 17 a game is insane. So good we're highlighting the guys. You know, like we said, we're going from you know from there, getting near your Cherokee and Transylvania County there with Gannon. So great job and a guy that you really got to watch here.
0: Absolutely. Great looking turf field there at Smoky Mountain High School. Man, they've got turf fields everywhere in western North Carolina. Uh, Really showcases the speed. Uh, But now let's take a trip all the way back down to the coast um, to New Hanover County, Laney High School. Uh, Quarterback Ty Little, uh, he has 1,205 yards passing, 17 touchdowns for a 4-1 and team. Had an insane game. Uh, this past Friday, passed for 340 yards and five touchdowns in defeat. By the way, he is the son of the head coach. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: I mean, you know, some of the things he has highlighted here, I mean, looks athletic and can move. But, again, if he needs to make that throw, he's going to be able to make that throw. We saw, you know, some great off-platform throws at the beginning of the highlight. Now we're seeing his ability to use his legs to get some great yards as well. So, you know, one of those quarterbacks that's always tough, you know, similar to, to uh QB, Mahatha uh, West Charlotte. One of those guys that's always a danger to run, but as long as he's behind that line of scrimmage, you've got to watch because he can deliver a bomb down the field to one of his great receivers there. But it's a great looking, you know, great looking team. And again, it, you know, we talk about those guys that are are you know great quarterbacks that can do both in high school, that's almost hard to stop.
0: Yeah, that apple didn't fall far from the tree, by the way. His father, Luke Little, played in my era. You didn't want to hang a curveball against him. I think he was second in the state in career home runs by the time he graduated high school. Phenomenal football player. I think Ty got the same genes. But anyway, guy, that's another crop of fresh faces. Uh, Hey, we did it again.
1: I mean, the miles we put on, guru. I mean, we're driving back and forth across the state. I mean, no other show is giving you that. I mean, we are getting miles going from Northeastern to Brevard back to Wilmington to Newton Conover. I mean, we're covering everybody. So again, if you are, you know, somebody that you think should be highlighted, we don't care where you are in the state, as long as you are in this state, we've got you. So I'm excited to see next week's crop.
0: All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. <clears throat>
3: Nice shirt, Bryce. Like Who was that big receiver he was throwing to? That, that
8: guy looks very fluid. I like to have that guy right there. Receiver.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I got it.
8: He looked tall, too. He looked like a 6'2", at
1: least.
8: 6'2"? He looked like 6'8". <laughs> he was oh, tall. Even 6'8", but he about 6'3", probably, maybe six. So, yeah.
4: All right. It's that time once again. We don't ever question what this gentleman says, because we always know that on each and every night, the Grice is right.
2: All right, isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it funny his
8: his his hype music? It's like I love it. Mean? I'm like watching Boogie Nights with people, something like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but let me get in here before we have some fun. I have to do the Guru's job, which we always know the oh, amazing and fantastic job that he does. And I think whenever he steps out, I'm always more appreciative. Uh, week by week, because this is a monumental task that he makes look easy. Uh, let's start here with the 1A state rankings for this week. Um, as we can see, the top four are unchanged. You have Eastern Randolph there at five and zero, uh, Tarboro, as we know about, Mount Airy, um, and Thomasville here. Um, Andrews there with the step up, uh, Mitchell and Mountain Heritage also at six and seven. Uh, with Northside there at eight. Robbinsville uh, stepping down a bit after the 46-43 loss to Broom High School. Broom High School is a 3A school out of uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. So this Robbinsville team is two and two. They missed co- a couple games, of course, because of COVID. But their tough non-conference schedule has them a little lower than than probably they really are. But, of course, with two losses, they're a little bit down on the 1A rankings. And then number 10 there, Murphy, rounding running out the top 10 with a narrow win over Cherokee. Murphy actually has got a pretty tough schedule coming up. They've got Robbinsville, they'll get a little bit of a break with Swain County, but then have the Andrews coming to finish up. Guys, any comments about the 1A uh, rankings? Tarver. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a <laughs> tough teams. the 1A, 1A rankings are very competitive. And I think in the playoffs, like I always tell Guru, those teams play each other, and it's hard to beat that team a second time. All right, but let's move forward to the 2A state rankings here. The top six here are unchanged. Of course, Reevesville won at 5-0. Salisbury, of course, led by linebacker Jalen Walker there at uh, number two. We saw Freshwater and Fresh Faces uh, with Northeastern there at number three. Uh, Maiden rounds out four. Shelby, with a dominant win over Island Tech this weekend, uh, maintains five. And then Whiteville there still at six. Um, Hendersonville moves up with that big 42 to nine win over Chase. Um, you know, we highlighted Marquise McCombs and I felt like we had the Langston Wirtz curse on him as uh, Chase and you know lost the next game to Hendersonville there. Wallace Rose Hill, of course, took a step back there um with Hendersonville moving up. Burns is still there at nine. I mean, that's my sleeper. I mean, they lost by that's five my they sleeper Mountain and eight to Wataga. I mean, that's a tough team right there. I mean, Princeton stepping into the top 10 with a 28-6 win over Eastern Wayne. You were saying, Grinder, you think they're your sleeper as yeah, well? Yeah, that, mm-hmm.
8: that head coach that they have is amazing. What they do translates to the winner kind of like Catholic does. Yep. Um, they're a tough out when it starts getting colder. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get a hard nose. They're tough. They know how to run the football. They're really good.
1: That's yeah, well, good. That's yeah. QC Bowl. feels great to meet him, and I can see why they're, they're successful year after year. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get this 3A bracket going. We'll get down to you, Grinder, here in a second. Uh, Scotland County still, of course, there at number one. Seventy-first is a big mover, so you know you guys may not have been paying attention. Seventy-first, while their schedule isn't, you know, isn't crazy tough, they've only allowed 15 points all season, so you know they're doing something right on the defensive end. They're playing whoever they're playing, and they're being darn near perfect in doing so. Um, you have Lee County there at three, uh, Dudley at four, <clears throat> Kings Mountain dropped a little bit there at five, uh, Jacksonville at six. Of course, as we know, Crest with the big win, Grice's right game of the week last week over South Point, and those two are now seven and eight. The West Charlotte Lions after a big win over uh, my former school, Hopewell, are at nine. And um, J.B. Hunt, there rounds out the top ten at uh, at number ten. Griner, now at number nine, got a big one coming up. How are you feeling right now?
8: I feel good. We're playing the best team in the state. You'll see them on the 4A rankings right here and uh, watching film on them. They're, they're a good football team. They're really yeah. good.
1: No, and, I agree. Uh, but I mean,
8: good to see you on there. I'm, just, I'm excited about the opportunity to find out where we're at. You see what I'm saying? Like and people I love are like, Man, how do you feel about going? I was like, we're I'm in three A. I, I, I get to compete against the best teams in four A football and we play in three A. I was like, I love it. I was like, it lets me know where I'm at and it helps us get better. I don't wanna I don't wanna be surprised when we get to the playoffs. I wanna be surprised now and fix some things, you know. So I'm excited.
1: That's great, that's great. All right, let's bring up the Fight Club rankings, as I call them. Uh, The tough two have been the tough two and are the, the top two for a while here with Huff and Julius Chambers High School. Uh, Cleveland County, of course, led by New Hampton, uh, holding the top, the spot at three. Um, Alonzo Barnett and, and the Grimsby Whirlies, again, continuing to be dominant and win there at uh, four. Northern Guilford still 6-0. and oh. They're a tough team. I think that it's kind of flying under the radar a little bit, but they are still undefeated. Uh, Myers Park there at number six, of course, after the big, uh, big win they had uh, over Gibbons at seven, which is a tough team. But, of course, they have a big game this weekend as well. Uh, Newburn with a seventy-five to nothing win over South Central, not that one in, on the West Coast. Uh, South Central here in uh, North Carolina, but that was a big seventy-five to nothing win. Um, of course, East Forsyth didn't play this week; uh, their game against Mount Tabor was canceled. Um, and then, of course, rounding out this top ten is a, a familiar face that we all know—the uh, Richmond Senior uh, Raiders. There, but again, four A Fight Club. A lot of tough teams in that four A division. Brian what are your thoughts? I mean, you have to play a lot of them, so I mean, what do you think? Yeah, that- I mean, Butler. Butler's not even in the top ten. I mean, you know, that's one of those things. Again, it's a fight club. I mean, I think there's Hickory, a Butler, to Hickory, me, to Ridge, even,
8: Hickory Ridge, not even in the top Everybody ten. There. Charlie Catholic. Charlie Catholic. Catholic. I mean, that's. <laughs> South Man, think, Like I think
1: uh, a lot of fight, uh, I'll
8: take their dag on hand. I ain't tell you that. Wins oh, it's,
1: like that's that. what I'm saying. It's the fight club for real. You know, the number one rule. We can't talk about that. But <laughs> <laughs> let's move right into the games to watch here. Um, you know, again, Crest at Shelby. I mean, I don't, I don't think we have to say much about that Cleveland County clash there. I'm using some alliteration there. Uh, Weddington at Porter Ridge, I think, is a sneaky good game there. Coach Capone, I think, has got it going. Broster House, the QB, um, has been doing pretty well. But Porter Ridge, I mean, you got to watch out for them. Um, they're so a tough out. The Porter,
8: Ridge, uh, pu- Porter Ridge is a tough out. I'll tell you what, yeah, oh, that was a big win. That, um,
7: they can score a lot of points.
8: They can. Yeah. Who, who beat them uh, last week? It was uh, – Trying to think, I forgot. They played. They played Independence like the second game of the season. Um, They're in Union County too. Oh, Marvin
1: Ridge, Marvin Ridge, Marvin Ridge. Yeah, that was was a big win there. Oh, definitely. Uh, We go down here, of course, Griner, You know, you guys are. What is it? Were you four and one?
8: Well, I would say we're five and one, but yeah, four and one's fine. Whatever we do, like <laughs> four and one. <laughs> uh, I'm on
1: saying they would have won the game if they. Of, of course, facing the undefeated Huff Huskies is a big game. Uh, down East, Jacksonville at uh, at Havelock, there is going to be a big one. Kings Mountain again, South Point with that narrow loss to to Crest. I mean, no rest for the weary as the Mountaineers coming into town. uh, are trying to knock them off as well. Hickory Ridge at Lake Norman is one of my sneaky good games, I think. I think, you know, I talked to Coach Wilson this week. He, you know, feels confident. But, of course, Coach Oliphant is is no secret to knocking off top teams. Uh Northside, Piantown, of course, at at Southside, Roseville at Millbrook it would be a good one. We talked about Grimes, talked about Fortune. Byron Brown and them coming into town, I think he's really rounding it out at the, at the right time. Um, you see here, Davie County at Mount Tabor. Hopefully Mount Tabor's time off uh, won't hurt them. Uh, the South Mac at RG Kell, I think, is another one we got to watch for. But- Pause on
8: that right there, the South Mac at RG Kell. I want, I want to know everybody's pick for that game, starting top to bottom. Go ahead, Dale. South, South Mac. Mac at RG Kell. South Mac. South Mac. Yeah. Right.
1: I'll take South Mac there,
4: Alex. South
8: oh I'm gonna go South Mac too. Go Gary. Which do you want?
1: South Mac. I'm wow. just saying, man. Hey, man. I, you can say what about. you want, but I, that, hey, <laughs> I'm not That's gonna the best team that, that We already have, but let's They're keep good. going. Uh, of course, we got Panther Creek here at Middle Creek, um Roanoke Rapids at Rocky Mount, uh Lee County here at Pinecrest, Heritage at nightdale uh, Wallace Rose Hill at Rosewood will be a good one. And I think Reagan at West Versailles, that baby I make got some really good matchups there. Alex, um, are you going to be at that roseville Millbrook game? I think that one's going to be probably one of the better ones uh, in your area. Um. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if you had a choice and had nothing <laughs> else to do, I think you might be going to that game. But uh, uh, I think that's going to be a good one.
4: Uh, that I, what, what, was that, Was that a setup because you know where I'll be on Friday? Hey, we can get right into the game of the week.
1: Game of the week. Uh-oh, uh, I think that graphic was a little, a little uh, off there. But Alex, where are you going to be this Friday? <laughs>
4: Fourteen oh one, Edwards Mill Road, Raleigh, North Carolina two seven six oh seven. For those that do not know, that is the home of Cardinal Gibbons as they face Leesville Road
1: (laughs) in the game of the week. Again, I think that roseville uh, Millbrook game will be a good one. It will. This one, I think, is. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, So let's talk about some of the keys here while we can bring that back up. Uh, The first thing for me, defense, as we always say, and Alex always says, get on D. Hey, defense wins championships, and the best defense is going to win this game. Uh, We look at Leesville Road. Their schedule, of course, hasn't been as tough as Cardinal Gibbons. Um, You know, but Lisa Rose only allowed 31 points so far this year, Cardinal Gibbons, even with their tough schedule. I mean, we talk about Myers Park, we talk about Julius Chambers. They've still only given up 82 points so far this year. So you've got two tough defenses in a game like this. I think the best defense and the one that can provide their offense with the most chances to score is going to be the one that's going to be successful. Um, the second one is going to be the battle of the playmakers. Uh, with Gibbons, you have Donovan Shepard and Ian Evans. Um, that's the running back receiver combo. Uh, Shepard's averaging five yards a carry. Um, Ian Evans is your big play guy for Gibbons, averaging 23.3 yards per catch. I mean, anytime you have guys that are that explosive on the ground and in the air, it's going to be a battle with with Leedsboro Rose guys. And again, their running back receiver combo, DJ Scott is averaging an amazing 6.3 yards per carry. And Nasir Winston is a res- big play receiver on their side. 20, you know, 20 yards per catch he's getting there as well. So, you know, both of these teams seem to be very similar, matched up. They're gonna be, you know, more run-focused. But those receivers, when they get their opportunities, they're gonna be big plays. So to me, like last week, we talked about with Crest versus South Point, it was gonna be a battle of the running backs. I think in this situation, it's gonna be a battle of the playmakers. Who can establish themselves first on the ground, but then as far as from a receiver standpoint, who's going to be the guy to make that big play to help their team be successful? And uh, as far as the last uh, key for me, again, I like to look at matchups. We talk about this a lot. Uh, you know, Even I think my first one I looked at with you know Butler and, and Richmond County, I thought that was interesting and played into it. Uh, but the last point is, can the pride turn the tide? Uh, you look, they've lost three of the last four meetings. Uh, and, a, and a big thing really for them is just seeing if they can actually take advantage. I mean, they've lost, I think the total in the last four meetings has been 125 to 63 for Cardinal Gibbons. So, you know, Leesville has had some good teams. And again, the best team that they had was the 2019 fall uh, fall season, in which they went to the state championship game, losing to then Zebulon B. Vance High School. But they've got to come out of this game and be successful. And again, for me, it's a barometer. If they can be successful in this game, they're the ones you got to look at, the ones that I think that you got to beat in this 4A Fight Club division. Um, guys, any comments there on this game?
4: Well, yes, yeah, just defense wins championships. And when it comes to defenses, it's very hard, if not impossible, to have a conversation about defense in this part of the state without talking about Cardinal Gibbons defensive coordinator Nick Drew. Uh, very well uh, among the elite defensive coordinators in North Carolina high school football. If you look at his continuously growing resume, obviously the two wins over Richmond, the win over Scotland, uh, the two wins over New Bern all over in in, in the last uh, two, three seasons and uh, what he continues to do this year as that uh, defense puts the Crusaders in a position to be competitive. So. Uh, I'm I'm not a betting man at all. But uh, were I a betting man, I would not bet against Nick Drew's defense. Uh, That just absolutely doesn't happen. But then again, at the same time, this is for the third consecutive season the barometer by which the league is measured. You go back three years, go back two years ago, as as Grice pointed out. Both of these teams, a great game that came down to a missed field goal, and both of them go on and play in 4AA and 4A state finals. have another great game last spring. This, this is the deal right here in, in in this area, and there's just nothing else to be said about it. You've got playmakers. You've got great coaches going at it. You have uh, elite defenses who can showcase this this is the place to be this week. There's a reason this is the biggest game in the state. I agree 100%. You know, um, again, I'm excited.
1: I know you're going to be there, um, even though there are some other good games around yeah. the area. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited again to see how these games shake out. But, hey, let's let's turn to Grice's Gym. Some people balled, and they got the call. Mm-hmm. Let's see who are this week's uh, nominees. All
0: right, my man, we're back. Hey, you hear that? Mm-hmm. Hey, phone's ringing. Either you call, uh, we'll get them in the show. You, you heard about that? You call. <laughs> uh, you call. We'll get you in the show. Uh, oh man! Here, of Grice's Gems, my man. This just oh. seems to be taking on. We have spotlighted a lot of big time players here in the past few weeks.
1: Oh, we have, and Guru, you always come out with the great, with the great uh, ad libs there, the great little additions to the show. But I love how it's catching on. I mean, guys, you know, this is purely about you. When you ball, when you do a great job and help your team to victory, or even in a loss, when you just put up an amazing performance, let us know, man. I, we want to highlight you guys. I think this is great. And again, I love that you know, other your know, Twitter pages for schools are catching on and really highlighting this. So let's get into it, Guru.
0: All right, man, let's do it. And I like the fact that last week uh, you specifically focused on this young man here saying that he was part of your keys to the game uh, whenever South Point Crest went at it. And by the way, he performed and and look at it right there. Crest High School's uh, Mari Adams had 188 yards and a come behind. I think come from behind is an understatement in this one here Uh, The come from behind win against South Point.
1: Definitely. I mean, again, I know we're crossing segments here, but, you know, we, you know, just like you, Guru, we put a lot of time and work in, into this, you know, and in, in understanding the keys and choosing great games, as I'm glad we did here. This kid was going to be the key there. And I mean, we knew, and again, for them to come back and win in the way that they did, it was going to be on the back of Mari Adams. I mean, you, know, you saw 22 carries, 188 yards and a score. I mean, you know, even an additional reception for 32 yards. I think this is now four games in a row. He's had over 170 yards rushing. Um, you know, didn't get the, the multiple touchdowns. But, again, a guy that they're they're saying basically, hey, you got to help us win this game. And if we don't do it, if you're not successful, he did it. He balled. We had to give him the call, you know, from the game
0: of the week. Yeah, to do it against such a big team, a big stage, a good defense, man, he had to get that call. Uh, great job, Tamari. Uh, we're going to move up to the triad now for this next guy uh, to those Uh, Page Pirates, uh, man, you got to talk about one of the premier programs in the state. Well, they've won three in a row. Uh, They had a rough stretch. I think Doug Robertson's finally got them on the right right path. Uh, Trayvon Hester, uh, 34-13 victory Friday night against Northwest Guilford. He ran 28 times for 240 yards and three touchdowns. What do you see from this man?
1: Oh, I mean, you know, being a Northeast Guilford grad, I mean, the highlighted page pirate's a little tough for me. But again, if, you, if I'm going to highlight a pirate, he better do what this guy did. And, you know, we talked about that, you know, he's a senior that missed the spring season with a knee injury. And, you know, we're glad to see that he's able to come back and he's coming back in a big way here. You know, he, he's playing like a man who missed some time. And it's trying to reclaim that and get everything back. So big game here, 28 rushes for 240. It's safe to say he's pretty healthy and doing this in a big way over Northwest Guilford. So, you know, salute to him. He got the call, even though he goes to a terrible school. But <laughs> I'm
0: joking. <laughs> Man, Paige ain't a terrible school. They're a great school. It's got great kids. They just happen to be on the other side of your team. But it's okay. I get it. I played for a school. I feel the same way. <laughs> hey, let's go back down here to the Charlotte area now to Gaston County. Uh, and talk about a team that I think has truly turned a corner. Coach J.P. Yeah. Postel has really got this team uh, on the right path, and they've just endured a lot of down seasons. Uh, but East Gaston's Justin Hill ran for 266 yards, two touchdowns uh, against 1A perennial power, Thomas Jefferson. That is a conference game, by the way. Uh, but, man, anytime you can spotlight East Gaston and, and and showcase the fact that they've returned back to the their winning ways, I love doing it.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, that goes to show you that no matter what school you're at, kids, if you are balling, you're doing great things. You're getting a call. East Gaston's on the way up, and we wanted to highlight some of the reasons why. Justin Hill's a big reason why. Thomas Jefferson, as we know, is no slouch. I mean, they're you know a perennial power, as you said, guru D1 athletes in that program. So that he's doing this against a team that can you know, can really make some waves. And I'm excited to see what they're doing. Uh, we talk about this time of year, Guru. I mean, I love throwing the ball as much as anybody, but those running backs are having, you know, having big days in these big conference type games. So, you know, highlighting a guy like Justin Hill, you run that much and have that high volume,
0: you're going to get the call. Yes, no kidding. Hey, this next guy, I had to not do a double tape or a triple tape. I had to do a quadruple tape uh, when I saw his stats come at me. Uh, Smoky Mountain High School's uh, Isaiah McNeely had 397 yards and four touchdowns against Wes uh, Henderson. Man, if I would have been, uh, Isaiah, I would have been just begging for three more yards, Coach. Let's, let's make it 400. But, wow, what an impor- uh, impressive performance. I mean, that's incredible.
1: Uh, I think that, you know, averaging 12 yards per carry first off. I mean, that guy was a walking first down in the game Friday night. And I think this got him only uh, 41st on the single game rushing performance by North Carolina public school player in history. And this guy's only a sophomore. Guru, he's only a sophomore. I mean, a guy we've got to pay attention to going forward. That is a monster performance in a big game that they had to have. And again, the the score line wasn't a blowout. They they needed every single one of those yards and every one of those touchdowns in order for them to get the win. So got to highlight that salute to you, Isaiah. I don't think this is the last time we're going to be talking about you. I'm just going to say that very clearly.
0: But what a performance. What a night. I I, I agree, and and just to see those mountain teams, you start to see them spread the field out more. They're not in that box like they used to be running power football, and you're starting to get a lot of their athletes in space. I really like that, and we got one more to showcase. We're going back down to Gaston County. I want to tell you, Gaston County has really been on the upswing in terms of football uh, this year. Uh, Every team down there just about seems to be really good. Uh, Now over to Ashbrook High School, uh, and look at Anthony Tice. Um, We'll talk about another defensive guy uh, just for those who think that we only – Focus on the offensive guys, but tell us about Anthony, coach.
1: I mean, you know, just a guy getting two pick sixes, you know, and a big win over North Gaston. I mean, I think, you know, we talk about, you know, programs in Gaston County on the way up. I mean, Ashbrook's kind of been you know, up and down, definitely looks like they're trending in that right direction. And Anthony's a big reason why. So, you know, we gotta highlight those guys that have those big plays. Again, grinder, we look at defensive guys. We want to make sure, again, if you ball on that defensive side, you're putting up points to help your offense in big wins. Heck, he scored almost as many points as North Gaston by himself. Anytime you do something like that, you've got to get the call
0: absolutely I'm glad you mentioned North Gaston too even though the record hadn't shown it yet I've seen a lot of improvement out of that team as well uh Gaston county football in my book is one way uh, way up this year uh, anyway guys you get the you put the performances on Friday night give us a call remember to hit us up at hashtag Bryce's Gems, and we'll uh, focus on you uh, again next week uh, that's it Bryce another week in the books.
1: I'm um, glad to have it again. These guys balled. We gave them a call. Again, if you on Friday night, you're a parent, you are the kid who, who you feel your performance was one of the best, DM me at Coach Jay Grice on Twitter, at Guru Chris Hughes, at Langston Works Jr., at Observer Preps. Let whoever know, let all of us know. If you really had a great performance, we want to know and we want to highlight you. Additionally, provide us with your highlights. That's another key. We want to highlight your game that you had. We, you know, sometimes we'll have to pull other uh, other highlights, but I think that's key. We want to see the plays you made that made you successful. So, salute to to everybody that made it this week. I love, you know, salute the alumni. I'm always watching you guys. Uh, Let's continue the ball as we get ready for for playoffs. And I hope to have another crop next week that's just as good.
2: good All right. uh, It's time for the rundown. We swapped it a little bit early on, but we're going to get right to it. Gary, should Gary Meyer be fired for restaurant gate? Oh, I like that name you gave me. I like that name.
7: I like that name. Um, When I first heard about the story, my thought was no. And then as I researched it, and I've had the the privilege of going to two coaches clinics where Urban Meyer was a speaker, got to meet him. And let me tell you, he's arrogant as I don't know what. Um, I wasn't impressed with him. I don't like the fact that Carolina uses the slogan, be the one, because Urban Meyer is the one that gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He should be fired, but the owner doesn't want to pay, and he's not going to resign because if he does, he won't get paid. But uh, he's a hypocrite. You know, all coaches preach about, don't be a distraction. Don't be a distraction. And the very thing he is is a distraction. Uh, they, the video shows him in his own restaurant uh, Columbus has a mask mandate. First of all he doesn't have a mask uh, and you know he's he's messing around with a few young girls that he shouldn't be doing in public. Yeah,
2: the video the video is pretty bad. The yeah, bad.
7: the video is bad and he's been a distraction ever since he got to Jacksonville. He hired a racist strength coach which he had to turn around and go back and fire he brought in tim tebow, tim tebow sam who had no business getting a tryout so it's time for urban to go he's a huge distraction he's not ready for the pro game and he's probably unfit for the college game
2: right now all right yeah. that doesn't even that was so thorough we're not gonna go for a follow uh, Grice, what area do the Panthers need to address before they play Philadelphia this week?
1: Ooh, uh, I mean, I, I think you got to, you know, make sure everything's solid defensively. I mean, I, I think Dallas can score. And, you know, we've seen in the situation with the Panthers didn't face any high octane offenses before. So, you know, in a situation like this where they really just let the game get away from them, I mean, I just think defensively, they just need to tighten up, you know, all around. <laughs> Man, I'm,
3: frozen,
2: I'm frozen again
1: look at <laughs> that that was Langston's face as he was watching what, the game what, where's my uh, eyes
3: closed i'm from
7: i tried to tell y'all last week well gary it. what you trying to tell us that they were gonna get blown out uh-oh it was a blowout
3: <laughs> yeah it wasn't it, a,
7: it wasn't
2: a it blowout, was a blowout yeah. until the end we yeah, our last you, you guys need to make a first down at the end of the game it was a blowout i know i know you're a cowboy cowboy joe to your heart but it <laughs> it, it, it wasn't quite like that. yeah what is the football. most unpredictable football team in college football? Clemson. I'll Colorado, answer that. NC State, or Yeah,
3: I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna throw a, little, a quick answer on that previous one. Okay. Panthers need to learn how to work rest. Um officials.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well they did get some calls that
3: Jerry paid for, it, or
2: did <laughs> I get some calls that Jerry paid for it? But, so
3: in all honesty, out of out of that group, the the team that probably has the opportunity to make the most change again would be a Clemson and I would say unpredictable in that manner I I would I would almost call my NC State guys that unpredictable after this past weekend but really I think Clemson still has tools there that when they find the right thing they may they may turn something on Uh, I think the others are or, who, or they are what they are. They are who they are.
2: Okay. Alex, um, the Baltimore Ravens ran Lamar Jackson on the last play of a game with a 16-point lead in order to tie an NFL record of teams rushing for le- consecutive games and teams rushing for at least 100 yards. The Denver Broncos thought it was unsportsmanlike. They thought the Ravens should take a knee. Do you think teams should or should not do this type of thing, leave stars in late to set records? Is it unsportsmanlike?
4: That is unsportsmanlike and I'll differentiate as to why. It is no one's job to stop a team from scoring. It is your job as a winning coach to manage the scoring effort by managing your player personnel and making sure everyone gets into the game. If your third string scores, that's that. I'm looking at Gary right here, and I'm, and I, I I'll, I'll just use an analogy. Gary's best teams, now, 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 I couldn't hold a candle to any of the teams that Gary had, but I would have been pretty ticked if I was down by sixty points to his team. I was probably down seventy anyway, but <laughs> I would, I would have been ticked. If I was down 60 points and he was still running Kerry Metzger at me. Now, if, if, if Gary had his last five on the bench in, then that's my problem. I'm, I'm sorry that his, well, yeah, I'm sorry his team was that good and mine wasn't. But if his last five were on the bench, that's that's my problem. If he's running Kerry Metzger and, and, and Kendria Holmes and, and I, I, could, I could go on and on. If he's running them at me, with the 60 point lead i got a problem with that
3: so that's, I, I,
4: that's the issue right there it's not that they were looking to score mm-hmm. you still got your stars in the game at that point that is unsportsmanlike
2: okay Grice, in mid-season which high school teams are the most surprising and most disappointing
1: that's a tough one i mean even when i was you know looking at this and just trying to think i mean I don't really, I don't really don't think there are many surprising teams. I guess in around here. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that what South Point's doing is pretty good. I mean, I don't necessarily feel like that was surprising. Um, you know, I mean, I think you know you got a lot of good teams that are that are doing it. I think what we think. Go ahead, Gary. Uh, I, since you're both here, I, I can tell you the most
7: surprising is West Charlotte. I think they, they really. I, think I they had had the he, he, You didn't think they would be.
1: I think Sam was having a great season, um, but surprising he, is disrespectful to him because he has. He, I thought he had a great team when I saw him in the preseason versus Burns. Well, I, didn't, like, like, I, mean, Grice I, I think, think. Hold on, let me finish, Grice. I Got think you. there's there's some
7: there's some um, I won't call them handicaps, but I would say there's some disadvantages that Sam has to work with. One, he doesn't have a full coaching staff. Two, he doesn't have an experienced coaching staff. Uh, he's got to have some guys goes both ways, and and I hate to tell this to Sam, but he knows it's true. He don't know what he gonna get out of his quarterback from play to play. You know, it might be a great play, it might be an awful play. It's never even keel. It's great or it's bad, and when you're working under them circumstances, that's tough. So I I think West Charlotte is the most surprising. Now, since you're on here, Grace, I hate to tell you, but y'all are the most disappointing team. Think you, you got 190 been. kids on the roster.
1: You didn't, yeah. And you know how to tell me that. Y'all not I'm
7: winning. Aware. Y'all not winning enough games.
1: I'm aware.
7: With that many kids, you should be dominating other teams. Well, they didn't if have. I, I, I know you're trying to build a culture, and sometimes when you're trying to build a culture, you have to take a step back to teach what you want done to get two steps ahead in the future. But in the present, I'm disappointed in Malakri.
8: I I tell you one thing if 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 they have if they had number three playing I like their chances in the last game. Um, number three is a special talent. It's up to number three to do the right thing. He's supposed to because I love their head coach in Malachi. He does things the right way. Even if it hurts the team, he's not quite the Bobby Bobby Bowden type where I'm gonna hurt the player, not the team. He's gonna make sure that. It hurts the player and the team if it comes down to it. If they don't, if they're not disciplined, or if they do something that's catastrophic for their team. You and know. I
7: don't, I don't question his coaching ability. I really don't, because when you're building a program, especially when you're taking over one that's that's had a lot of success, the high expectations are there automatically. But uh, just looking at some of the kids that they have on their roster, their size, their athleticism, their speed. I would think they would be a little bit better, but Grice knows this as well as anyone. It always starts with the quarterback, and if if your quarterback is holding you back, uh, it affects the rest. Well, it's,
1: hold on, hey, seventy percent passing, freaking you know, nine touchdowns, two picks, both of them in the end zone. He's fine, so leave that out there. Quarterback coach speaking. Hey, let's go to the Thunder. No, we got a substitute teacher. We got Grinder. Let's go substitute. Welcome
0: to another edition of. Th-
1: <laughs> you know I call him a substitute he's always ready to go, man. Right? Lesson plan, he's ready to go. Lesson plan one. <laughs> hey, I I
7: have the the, the principals are blowing up my phone. <laughs> we need to move the substitute. We need you. I just got my booster, so I'm getting ready to get back in business. All right, guys, here we go. Um, What recruiting rule would you like to see the NCAA implement? Something that they don't allow now that you think would help the kids as well as high school coaches? Grace, you go first.
1: I see you saying, thinking, I won the toss, so I'm elected to receive. Uh, the recruiter rule I think they need to implement right now is limiting the number of players schools can get in the transfer portal. I think as we're starting to see the transfer portal explode and become bigger, we need to start having limitations so this literally doesn't become another have and have nots. Um, as it relates to the transfer portal for the guys that maybe didn't get into Alabama or didn't get in somewhere else. And they're able to use that transfer portal as a second means of being dominant in recruiting. So, you know, as that's becoming bigger, those limitations I think are important. So you don't see any kind of nefarious activity coming where, you know, they're just funneling kids into a certain place. Because even seeing that now, you're starting to see some uh, kind of underhanded, like, hey, let me talk to this guy to talk to this guy to make sure we all go over here to transfer to the school. So that one, I think, needs
8: to happen right now sam yeah, this is pretty easy for me on this one um they have the dumbest rule you can possibly have you they will not hire high school coaches behind the scene jobs like you know player development whatever the case may be if you recruited like say i have a player like Kavars Krauts or whatnot they can't hire me for three years unless i'm a position coach they only allow what 10 position coaches it's very hard to go to a you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, and be, you know, a position coach. You got to earn your way because it's a different platform. High school, college. There's a lot of great high school football coaches that never get the opportunity to progress in their career because of a dumb rule that was it was done by because of basketball rules because they were getting those one and done kids. A guy would get hired for a hundred thousand dollars behind the scenes, and then they would fire them. They would fire them, whatnot. But if you're a good coach, high, high school coach football-wise, those guys don't get fired. Like, think, let's let's think about Chris Partridge, the guy that went to Michigan. He was a high school guy, went to Michigan. Now he's at whole Miss. He's about to be a defense coordinator. He's one of the best coaches out there. But guess what? He didn't start as a position coach. He got player development, and he got asked to be into a position coach, and it progressed him and his family. I just think that's the dumbest rule that we have right there. The NCAA needs to fix that.
7: And, and Sam, I, I think if I'm right, you know where that rule came from? And Grice, you, you, you may have heard of this, too. It's Danny Manning. He was from Greensboro. Yeah. Everybody automatically assumed he was going to Carolina in the 80s. Um, and then Larry Brown got hired at Kansas. And he hired Danny Manning's dad. And Danny Manning flipped from probably going to Carolina to going to Kansas. and. I think you that's what. That.
8: Was that's was. though. You can still do that. You can hire someone's dad. You can't <laughs> hire a high school football coach if he coaches a player. Behind the scene jobs. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay.
7: Stand along the same lines. What rule would you like to see eliminated, Grice? Oh, it's actually Grinder first since I I went there. He just told us which one he oh, wanted to eliminate. So which that, one that, do you want? Yeah. You got to come up with another one now. That's
8: true. I go. I go on the playing field. I think the targeting rule, they need to do something totally different with that. They need to make it a fifteen-yard penalty, and or maybe even make it a longer penalty. I don't care if you make it thirty-yard penalty or whatever, but you shouldn't remove a guy from targeting because all of a sudden now, if he's gone from the game in the second half, he has to miss the whole what next game or the next, next first half or something. First half for like. the next game. Yeah, that's just That's so stupid. You're talking about. Is there ever been a time where an offensive player can get targeting and miss a game? No, it's only defensive players. You're gonna lose guys that have opportunities to go play in the NFL. They they lose field, they hurt their teams, and it could be there's like really freaky situations. We need to really like watch that a lot better because they could be like, old oh, targeting and then you're out, and then it wasn't really a bad targeting call. So that's that's what needs to be gone.
1: Grace, I mean so uh Quick, very quick aside on that. Yeah, I hate it that that's permeated into like other levels of football. Like That's that's a college thing. Like, we were playing Hopewell, you know, coming back home, and like we got a personal foul penalty for a hit, you know, guy helmet to helmet hit. Freaking announcer's like, oh, he was ejected from the game. I was like, hey, put him back in next place. So you can show these dummies that he's not ejected. Like, I, it's, it's permeating to other levels hey, of the school. I know. It's let crazy. The question, my favorite, my favorite Grinerism. See, you didn't look at the question. You didn't answer the question, grinder. So <laughs> let me actually tell you the question is recruiting rule you like to see eliminated right now that one for me <laughs> is that one for me is a gray shirt like I, I absolutely hate that I think it can be used and has been used to jerk kids around and even take kids who are committed fully committed you know scholarship commitments to schools and you know take that and lessen them down for gray shirt for those that don't know uh being you know being gray shirt it means you are not able to enroll or not on scholarship at that school for the fall and you would have i think it's the spring semester that next spring semester would be uh, when you could be able to be enrolled and be on scholarship thus actively losing that first year so i, I think that's something that's done you know it's dirty it's something they need to get away with right now i that'll get kids to go places that you know actually want them and actually want to put uh, invest money in them mm.
7: and the last question guys if you could give parents of athletes being recruited What is the one piece of advice that you would give to a parent whose son or daughter is being
8: recruited to go to college? (laughs) Let me go first on this one, Grace. I I don't know if I should say this out in public, but like, all right, giving too much away right here. This is this is clutch stuff right now. Okay. Parents, I want you to I want you to know something about colleges. There's three things to be a Division I athlete. You got to look the part. You got to have the grades to get in, and you got to have the film to back it up. You know what's the, the number one thing out of those three? It's not grades. I hate to say it. And it's not the film. It's actually what you look like. Like, do you pass the eye test? I know that sounds crazy, but I've seen it so many times. So, what you do, if they're going to be that petty about it, you need to like invest into some type of things you put in your socks give you an extra inch. I do you You go go in there, you get they take, they take your shoes off, pull your toes up. You're still six foot, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, how you the if they got us wide? They want to be petty about an inch. Give them an inch. <laughs>
1: shoe lips okay a little more integrity having advice i guess potentially uh biggest thing is love love who love you um to me is like dating i mean go and invest your time in someone that invests that time in you too many people have these champagne dreams and are you know living on you know steel reserve prices and, and stuff like that you know they're not you know, these these you know high rise you know, dreams in these schools that really don't care about you. You're really ignoring those that are investing that time and going to ensure that your child has a great collegiate experience. You want your child to be at a place where 20 years from now that they're going to look and be proud of where they were and, you know, what was provided to them. So that's my simple advice. Love will love you. I love it.
2: I love it. Um, Gary did a good job as a substitute teacher. I enjoyed that. Hey, that's what there's I do. Going I'm like Mr. Freeze. Um, Alex, at the beginning of the show, I got a call from a guy who, a, a prominent football player, who wanted to come on the show and make his college announcement. I know you disagree with that, making the college announcement on Talking Preps, because you're on both News Observer and Charlotte Observer websites and all their social accounts at the same time. That's a bigger platform that you can have in North Carolina, anywhere. And the new boss agrees with me. So Uh-oh. That, Uh-oh. That's the new boss, Raina Cash, is the new editor of the Charlotte Observer. She says, Of course, so high school kids, if you want to make your announcement on the Charlotte Observer news observer talking prep show, come on down.
1: Oh, snap! Yeah, oh, fun. snap!
2: We got the big boss who said it's cool. <laughs> all right, all right, I like uh, Gary. No. I know I told you, you're gonna get to have your final thoughts, and then the man came on. I gotta let the star have his final thoughts i'm gonna let you have your final thoughts and i got a special message for you at the bottom of the screen while you do I, okay wait a minute i got a special message for you gary while you make your final thoughts on the screen. okay uh my
7: final thoughts i'm not going to pontificate or get on the soapbox <laughs> however what i wanted to do is recognize the other sports that are playing in the fall uh some coaches have reached out to me and said what about us what about the non-revenue sports uh so volleyball Number one in the East, North Raleigh Christian. Number one in the West, TC Rosen. Boys soccer. Number one in the East, New Hanover. Number one in the West, Southwest Guilford. Girls tennis. Number one in the East, East Chapel Hill High. In the West, Marvin Ridge. And I want to give a special shout out to David Smith, whose Huff Huskies upset the state champion, Cardinal Gibbons. So that's mine. For the non revenue sport. You
2: didn't even see what I put down the bottom of the screen.
7: Yeah, hey, I, I, the Cowboys <laughs> did what I said they were going to do. I wasn't
8: surprised. That guy, that
2: Jack, Gary was in Dallas and sent a trolling video to everybody. In the everybody. To
8: yeah. <laughs> everybody.
2: Just troll just troll everybody in the group chat. And then he bought some Dallas Cowboy tennis shoes.
8: <laughs> <laughs> how, how amazing is that building?
2: 93,000 right. people. The That's big amazing. star, the big show, with all this ink and
8: his guns out. What's on your mind? <laughs> well, I'm just so excited. I left I left practice today, and um, I talked to one of the head guys that were uh, just over the construction. And I was like, I heard you guys are putting up lights next week. I just got one question. I said, we're not going to put upcats on this Bentley, right? We're going to do LED lights. He was like, yeah, I think they're LED lights. So am I am hyped. About the LED lights. we about to be Richmond County up in here, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you like that Richmond County thing. They, you know, Sam, Sam was trying to make up to you Richmond County people because I know he gave you all a hard time a couple years ago. Sam <laughs> loved
3: know, it when those lights
2: went off. He's two like,
4: people,
8: wow. Two people I, disres- two people I disrespected, uh, Will Shipley and supposedly Richmond County. And, boy, yeah. they yeah. came at me hardcore, but I like that. I like people to stand their ground. If you, a lot of people out there don't like me. I understand that, but if you get to know me, like Grace, you know me and Grace didn't know each other. Like I really care about Grace. We talked.
1: I didn't hate <laughs> you. I don't even feel like I hated you. Hold on, hold
7: right. on, like, right. Right. man. Like Sam away with words, doesn't he? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, <laughs>
6: my bad. No. Now
2: Sam, Sam is misunderstood. I give him that. I'm not defending him a lot, but he's misunderstood. But that, but it was cool, though, because Sam did a live shot on the show from Richmond County. You turned the phone around, and those fans mm-hmm. went crazy. I mean, you could yeah, they went it. crazy. It was, that was, it was So that was a good time. So that's maybe, when I was out of work. That was yeah, out of work. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> yeah, that's, when, that's when we were trying to figure out this show. We were horrible at it.
8: Yeah, we anyway, we're not- uh,
2: Chris, come back, man. I hope everything's good with you. Um, we miss you, guru, uh, the number yeah. one voice of high school football. I say it every week there's nobody anywhere in North Carolina who knows high school football or cares about it the way that man does. We miss him. The sun drop for Chris. Uh, got to get you back next week. That's my man, Jonathan Grice, Mallet Creek, the, the uh, quarterback coach, Sam Bryan, the head football coach at West Charlotte. Sam, we pray for you this week going against that big powerhouse at Huff High School. <laughs> hope you guys come Whoa. out healthy out of that game. Garrett Richmond, Mr. Cowboy down there. I still hate the Cowboys. I, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Alex Bass, contrarian, and Dale Ross, Mr. Olympic High School. We are talking preps. We'll see you next week. See you. Cowboy fans, shut down Facebook.